Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you are currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at either our 10 a.m. or 4 p.m. service. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this great message from Sunday service. You know, I want to talk to you today, and uh, you can take your seat in just a moment. Don't take it just yet. But I want to talk to you. Some people are already down. Uh, and uh, oh, I was going to do something, but I won't. Uh, I, 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 want to, I want to talk to you because I, I, I don't know you. Uh, some of you know me from Planet Shakers events and things, but I want to get right into it this morning. You've gone back to two services. You've established a church. You've been here for about seven months. But the great danger of any church, any church, is that when you get a fixed facility, that you become settled because it's good. It's just nice to be here. But we've got to be reminded today of why we're here. We're here to assemble. This isn't the end. This is just a rallying point. And, uh, you know, the the truth of the church is only 2% of people will ever work for a faith-based organisation. So in our preaching over the years, often it's been about give it all up and and serve God. And that somehow parallels to working for the church. But I want to tell you today, it's great to give up seasons and maybe go to a college or an internship program or, or get involved in something like that to prepare yourself. But it's not all about us all working for the church. We need some people that work for the church. I work for the church, but we need to get the majority of people, you, 98% to actually start thinking, okay, I come to church to get my tyres pumped up because I've got to go into this week recognising that I am God's instrument to reach the earth. And a building like this is really to house a point of celebration. It's also to bring people that you've introduced to Jesus so that they can confirm the decision that they've already made because you led them to the Lord. And so today, in a moment, I want to talk to you about winning cities. I don't want to talk about winning suburbs. It's great to be in the North Lakes area, the north of Brisbane. But you aren't here just to reach these few suburbs. You're here to impact a city. But more than impact a city, it says in Psalm chapter 2, ask of me and I'll give the nations. Next week, I'd appreciate your prayers. I'm meeting the minister of the South Pacific in, in Canberra. And I'm meeting him to talk about how does faith churches actually impact the the nations of the South Pacific. You've all read it in the news that they're worried about China's influence into Australia. So rather than seeing that as a problem, well, what's going to happen? What's going to take place? That's our moment as the church to rise up. We, our, our nearest neighbours, our nearest mission field is right there in the South Pacific. So they've invited me to come and talk about some of the things that we're doing in the South Pacific. And they're even granted initially up to $5 million just to, to do some initiatives, not about community service, but to work with faith-based organisations to do faith initiatives in the South Sea. First time in Australian government history. But I grew up third generation Pentecostal Christian. Ask of me and I'll give the nations. We pray those prayers. Win cities, God, would you do it? But the reality is... We haven't necessarily done it. It's our time, church. This is the time. We don't want to talk about it. It's not in the Word of God as a theory. We need to see it as a practice. But where does it start with you? 
Not coming to church going, wow, it's a great church. Wow, it's awesome. They've got a parents room, finally. Oh, we're not at the high school setting up at 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, And all those things are true, but let's not now go. We've got more time for ourselves to get a coffee on the way and to do a. We're here, so now we're positioned to win the North, to win Brisbane, to change Queensland, to impact the nation of Australia and the nations of the world. So with that, foundation in mind, I want you to prepare yourself to hear from God this morning. Would you just lift your hands and say, God, would you speak to me? God, would you impact me? I'm not just a tradesperson. I'm somebody who's positioned in the marketplace to win influence for you. God, I'm not just a, a mother in this phase of my life where I'm dropping the kids off and I feel like I'm the taxi service every day. No, God, you've given me influence. You've given me an opportunity because if we're going to win cities, it's not me. It's not you alone, but it's us. Church Unlimited, your name says it all. Come on, let's live up to that name. Come on, let's step into our moment. Let's recognise that God has something for you. So God, I pray right now that there would be a seed that would germinate in every heart in this place today. We're not here to be a church. We're here to have an impartation from you, God. So God, we open our hearts in this room today. We say, speak. And I pray that seeds would go out this would be a defining moment, a defining day in the lives of many individuals in this place. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? Grab your seats. So good to be with you. I bring greetings from the warm lockdown city of Melbourne. I escaped for a weekend, thank God. And uh, it really is good to be with you. Uh, you know, Queensland, I actually have been to Queensland three times since lockdown and nowhere else in the world. Uh, prior to the lockdown, I spent around about 30 weeks a year outside of Australia um, at all parts of the world. I, I, one of my roles is funny as I'm over uh, what we do internationally at Planet Shakers. And uh, most of you would know that we have Planet Shakers Band, but that Planet Shakers Band in the worship sect in the world has been the largest, uh, it been in the top 10 artists in, in the world in Christian circles for the last about 15 years. And, uh, and in North America, the, the Christian music scene is bigger than the whole of the music scene in Australia. If you put every genre of music in Australia together, the Christian music scene in America is bigger. So we play at stages and things all over the world and we do all those things and I manage that. And the funny thing is, I know nothing about music and I'm not even really musically inclined. Uh, how God works in mysterious ways. And, uh, but the band tours about 25, 30 weeks a year and had the privilege of playing in front of huge crowds. In Nigeria uh, in 2019, 950,000 people across three stadiums uh, that the band played in front of. We've been invited to play at the, the Catholic uh, Youth Day, which is one of the biggest uh, youth events on the planet. Up to two and a half million young people assemble. Uh, it's been postponed because of COVID, but we think it'll happen next year in Poland. And just in incredible opportunities. But today I've got the privilege of being with you right here in North Lakes. And I'm believing that God has got me here, not just to, you know, just say a few nice things, but to stir your spirits. Come on. You're who God's placed in this place to reach this area. You know, in three years, Jesus did an incredible thing. Here we are 2,000 years later, still feeling the effects of what he did. But it was interesting because Jesus, if you read the Gospels, 
almost, it's not that he didn't like, but it would almost err on the side of he didn't like going into the temple, the assembled church of those times. And yet what the disciples set up when he left was the local church, the ecclesia, the, the place that we're all sitting right now. But he never intended for this to become the place of comfort. Although being a Christian and in times, this is a place of comfort. This is a place that we come and we receive hope and a sense of purpose. But it was never meant that we come here and become comfortable. But it brings comfort. It brings hope to the hopeless. But that we would actually understand that it's not for us. We're the only club on the earth that we really don't pay a membership. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to bring in your offerings. But we contribute finance to a club that is not designed for you. Every other club, you'll pay $10,000 to join that golf club for all the benefits you get. We actually contribute for those who don't yet belong. This is the only club on earth that's designed that way. And Jesus in three years designed it in such a way that he would come and he spent most of his place in the marketplace. In fact, he felt comfortable in the temple and he felt equally as uncomfortable in the marketplace. And I want you to understand that it's not like we have two lives. We have one life and this, we need to therefore understand that the local church is the imperfect vehicle. This church would be fantastic if it had no people in it. The fact that there's people here makes it complicated. You, you're complicated. I'm complicated. But somehow God chose us, the complicated ones, to actually fulfil His mandate on the earth. My question to you today, are you a part of winning cities? Or do you leave it to Pastor James and Paula, you know, and they're going to be the ones that do it and we just get stirred by what they're doing? Or someone like this Neil guy that showed up, talks about what he's doing on the earth. No, no, I am just playing my part. Are you playing your part today? I want to stir you to understand that we are called to win cities in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 5 says this in verse 14. You are the, you're going good, I, I like it. It's great. Just stay there. Just keep playing. Serenade me. It's fantastic. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. I'm really reading from the New Living Translation says this. You are the light of the world. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the light. Come on, husbands to your wives. Say it a bit more like you are the light. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop. That cannot be heaven. I don't know about you, but when I read that, that passage of Scripture, probably more than any other passage, I instantly get a, a, a word picture. If you've ever been to Israel and been to, you know, the, the, the top of where Herod built a, an incredible a fortress, uh, the Masada, and, and on this hill, you could see it literally for 20 or 30 kilometres around. But when he was up there, he could actually see for up to 50 kilometres on a good day. So if any enemy was coming, he was positioned to be able to see where they were. But I'm talking about we are like a city on a hill. We should be the beacon of hope. We should be that sense of when somebody walks in, there's something here that they've been looking for and they found it. His name is Jesus. We are that city on a hill. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Still to this day, we don't put our lights on the floor. 
In your lounge room at home, you don't have your light in the middle of the floor and we cut out the concrete. We still put them on the roof because the most effective place to have a light is height, higher and increased levity so that it can actually produce as much light as possible. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Lord, I pray in this room right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and speak. Lord, today I don't want to just bring some great words. I pray that there would be impartation that would take place. People would be stirred when they go to bed tonight, can't sleep thinking about what you're about to do in and through them. God, I pray that there would be something that is deposited. People would walk away knowing that they are the light. You're reflecting through them. You're, 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 you're using them for your mandate on the earth in Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're going to be someone who understands the power of collectively winning cities, thanks, my friend on the keys, you can go now. You made me sound a lot better than I am, but you can go now. I'll see if I can go it alone for a few minutes. You know, in in the area of thinking, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The way we think determines where we end up. So often we look at people and we look at situations. We look at churches who say, why are they bigger? Why are they? And, and there's, there's an impact point where God has given some for 10, some for 50, some for hundreds. Yes. But let's not use that as an excuse to actually diminish our capacity on earth. I want to tell you that I am not highly educated. In fact, when I stand in front of politicians and most of them have got double degrees and I often go into the first part of the meeting feeling incredibly intimidated. And I just have one simple thing, Holy Spirit, help me. And I walk in the room and they come up with all the gobbledygook in the world. And then I just say something that seems so simple to me, but to them, wow, that's profound. And it's not my being, not me being profound. It's actually the God working in and through me. But what do you think of yourself? Are you somebody that could do something great? This lady right here, what's your name? Kate? You've just got something on you. You know, I was watching you in worship. There's a, there's, a, there's a sense of magnetism. And magnetism is something that is about uh, alignment. You know, when, when you get things aligned, then magnetism. Magnetism is a natural thing. But that's not a natural thing in your case. It's a God-given thing. And there's times where you diminish yourself and say, where do I fit in the whole scheme of things? But actually, you've got a magnetism. And rather than allow that magnetism to... Um, you know, sometimes go, is it me? Is it not? This is what I'm supposed to do. People have come to me. People are attracted to me. You diminish by saying, I don't know what I've got to offer, but God wants you to know that he's positioned you to be like a magnet, something where people would, would be drawn to you. And when you go, I don't know what to say, just say what I just said. Holy Spirit, help me. And time and time again, and you've experienced it, but then you pull back. In this house, there's a, a capacity that you're going to have to actually move, you know, to move things forward. You know, it's like, mm, how do I say this? If you're restrained, don't take this in the wrong way. If you're restrained, because I'm on the spot here, but if you're, if you're restrained, a wild horse, they just 
But as soon as you let them go, they run. They seem to run, who knows where they're running, but the energy and the sense of they want to go, they want to do something, and that's you. It's like there's more that you want to do, but you, you sometimes feel restrained. When at the right time you're released in what it is God's got for you, expect that you're going to run and have great, great success. There's, there's a man over here, I saw you last night sitting on the back row, I'm not saying that badly, you're sitting on the back row, uh, you know, in rebellion on the back row. Um, but, but, but you and your wife, I, I can sense, have made at times uh, sacrifices personally. And you've positioned yourself, you've actually, you know, moved from places to, to be in the right place, to be in the place that's going to be best. And sometimes it's for others. But actually you haven't made a decision to move on this occasion to, for the right, for, in your heads it was to help others but actually God's positioned you. And I can see that you're going to have great effect like pillars in a house that hold up a, a building. And it's not going to take years for that to happen. It's boots. It's going to fall into place. So understand that God has placed you here. And it's not because of who you're connected to or, or, or what. You're here because God placed you here. And it's not because of the sacrifice you made for someone. You're here because God placed you here and there's going to be great fruit come from your lives. But you see, we need to understand that in the context of uh, our thinking, we need to think like a king. Now, I've written a book about this, and it's an unashamed plug for the book. It's not really, but, but, but next weekend, we're launching this book at Planet Shakers. It's, it's my book, yes, Neil Smith, but it's something that we're bringing into the life of our church. So you're like my experiment today. Not really. I was preaching something else, and I said to James, I just thought, I've got to preach this. Uh, and so we, we've got this book came out two days ago. Nobody else in the world's got it. Next weekend, Planet Shakers will launch it across all the services. And we've got workbooks and all sorts going to come with this. But thinking like a king, this simplicity of thinking like a king is this. That so many of us live our lives feeling that there's, there's something more that we could do. There's some greater influence that we could have. But most of us diminish ourselves to where we came from, what opportunities we have, rather than understanding that a king is born as a prince or a princess, a queen, uh, if they're going to become the queen, and they are born into a family where one day they know they will become the king and have influence over the whole kingdom. So their whole life is just positioning themselves so when their moment comes, they are ready to step into all that they were purposed to be. I want you to understand that there's kings and queens in this room. You might right now feel like I'm sitting off to the side here and nothing is happening. But you need to recognise if we're going to win cities, we need not just one king, not just one queen, but we need a whole army of believers to rise up and say, God, you have positioned me for such a time as this and my time is coming. So what have you got to do? You've got to get ready, get ready, get ready. One of the greatest uh, Netflix series that happened, and I talk about Netflix because... We all became addicted to it in Melbourne for 110 days of lockdown, one hour of exercise and Netflix. That was basically it. And, uh, but there was a, a, a series called The Crown and uh, it's actually the highest rated series in the last 12 months of any series and it's about the royalty. But if you watch that at all, there's a, 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 there's a, a scene where the king actually finds out he has an, a, a disease and it's, it's true that he's going to die very shortly. And so the current Queen of England, her father, decides to send her on a trip to Australia. Now, back then, on a boat, and she comes here. And all of his advisors are saying, she's totally underprepared. It's not the time to send her. She's too young. She doesn't know what he's doing. 
But he knew that he was about to die and he needed to get as much in her as he could experience so that when she was the king, uh, the king, the queen, she could actually be positioned. And so she comes, she mucks it up, she speaks badly, she does the wrong thing, she says things that are, are not good for relations between countries. But he coaches her when he gets, she gets back. Then every day he sits with her. And I don't know if you're aware, but if you're royalty, you get a red box presented to you every day. And the red box in it has things you have to sign, things you have to know about what's happening in the country. And it takes four to five hours they go through it. And uh, he then, when she got back from Australia, sat her down. He lived for another six months and then she became the queen. But what he was doing is he was preparing her for the position that was rightfully hers. Some of the pain you're going through now is actually preparing you for the position that is rightfully about to come to you. Stop looking at the circumstance that you're currently living with and saying, why is this happening? Start saying, why is this happening? God, what are you preparing me for? God, what? you know that financial challenge you have right now? I wanna tell you, it's so that you can actually adequately carry more in the future. Stop looking at the problem. Start looking at the possibility that God has for you. But for that to happen, you have to start thinking like a king. Remember, we are all related, heirs, sons and daughters of the living God. And we need to start thinking. God, you put me on the earth for a purpose. God, you've got a specific and a unique call for me. And God, all I need to do is prepare to prepare to prepare so that I'm ready when my moment comes. In this room, you think like a king. You think like a queen, are you, or are you saying, God, why did you put me here? God, there's obviously someone better. I want to tell you, God has placed you exactly where he wants you and your day, your time is coming. My life is about getting prepared for my moment. The process sometimes is more important than the moment itself. But yet we spend our lives resisting the process, not recognising that God is positioning us for our future. You are the light of the world. Now, he's the light of the world. But no, he wants you to be his delegated representative. So you've got to get the revelation that you are the light. You are the light. I don't know if you've ever had a light, and, uh, but if you get a light and it, 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 it's down here on the floor, its influence is, is mitigated because on the basis of its height determines how much it can actually throw lighting. But of course, now we know that lighting, as it was talked about in these times, was talking about putting a lamp, an oil burning lamp. And it's interesting, it talks about oil burning because that's talking about flow. And oil is something that's talked about all through the scripture and particularly relating to guidance and light and the Holy Spirit. So we've got to understand that the parallel here is that we become the light guided by the Holy Spirit, the oil that, it, that brings to flow. So, so actually, we've got to go, I've only got one light. If it's down here, I'm only going to have a certain measure of influence. So how do I actually get my light higher? How do I get my light positioned so that it can bring more light, more sense of hope that can actually bring the message that Christ has for me? So the quest of our life is how do we increase our capacity so that we get our light on a lampstand so that it can actually light the whole house? 
Do you see, each one of us has a different room that we find ourselves in. Some find ourselves in the boardroom. Some of us find ourselves in a lounge room. Some of us find ourselves in a coffee shop, a classroom, you know, a college lecture theatre, wherever you might find yourself. But my question to you, when you walk into that room, are you the light that's just on the floor? Or are you the light that somehow has positioned yourself so at the right time on that lampstand, you actually influence everybody in that room? The question is, how do you position yourself to become that person? How, how do you uh, allow yourself to step into the light that God has for you? You see, positioning is so important. I, I love the Pentecostal church. Church Unlimited, I, I love it. I love being a part of the Pentecostal church. I love all that has to do. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is central to everything we do. At Planet Shakers, we don't say the Holy Spirit. We say Holy Spirit because he's our friend. He's our confidant. He's, our, he's the one that leads and guides us. And so Holy Spirit is with me every day. He's central to what we do. But can I just say this, that if we're not careful, we can also, with our Pentecostal ideology, just think overt when it comes to our Christianity. And overt is that we should always be rallying. We should always be telling people the gospel. We should always. But who knows that your employer didn't pay you to, to present the gospel? The primary mandate of them paying you is to get your job done. So the question is, how does your light get positioned in that, that marketplace? How does your light get positioned in your everyday life so that it's not just overt, I'm going to present the gospel, I'm always going to be sharing, I'm going to pray for everybody that walks down the corridor. I don't mean to be rude, but some of you are going to get fired if you keep doing that because your, your employer is not paying you for that. But the problem is always the possibility. And one of the things that we need to understand is that synonymous with height or levity is a word that we use often called influence. So the higher you get positionally within your company, the higher you get, you know, as a parent within the parent-teacher committee, the higher you get, the more influence you have, therefore your light can shine brighter in that circumstance. So rather than just saying, God, would you give me influence? God, I know that you've called me to be the light, so I want to position myself so that I can be as high as I possibly can to shine what you purpose for my light. See, often I think we become a bit lazy saying, Holy Spirit, will you open the door for me? But what I've started to observe is that influence is having the ability to change someone's perspective. But in the current environment in which we live, that comes about with uh, at a next level of authority when we have position. So rather than saying, why do they get to speak like that? Why do they say that on the news? Why does this happen? Come on, church, it's time for us to rise and become those influencers. It's time for us to get the degree so that somebody will recognise who we are so at the right time in that speech, we can actually shed the light as God has purposed us to be. Let's not be people that just wait for God to do something. He will in his time. He will at the right moment, but... Kings and queens, when they're five years of age, have to do elocution lectures. And I'm sure that the five-year-old kid is just like your five-year-old kid. He does not want to sit in a class doing elocution lessons. He does not want to learn how to handle finance when he's 12 years of age. The Queen Elizabeth went into an accounting course. I was reading about it for six years from the age of 12 to 18. How many 12-year-olds are really committed to doing an accounting course at that age? 
But now she's been the reigning monarch for so many years and has great influence, even through it all. Yes, some people say, oh, she's a bit old school, but people respect her universally around the world. Why? Because she was positioned by her father so that she could be the best she could be in the natural. What about you in the supernatural? How are you being positioned? What are you doing? You know, how, how are you positioning yourself ready for what God has for you? How are you going to develop greater height? Church, this morning I want to stir you. Go beyond just showing up at church. Go beyond doing a course because you want a pay rise. Understand that God has placed you and he's placed you and he's placed you. Oh, but, 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 but the truth is I'm in this season of parenting and right now I'm a mother or father looking after kids. I want to tell you that there's mothers that stand at the playground waiting for the kids to come out of school that have great influence. Are you one of them or is it the other mother that's always complaining about everything that's happening? Are you the one that's rallying for a greater cause in the school? You see, influence is something that is... Our thinking determines whether we have it or we don't. And I want you to be positioned to start to say, God, you've placed me here as a king and a queen. You've placed me here to shine my light, to have influence beyond what I've ever had before. That I would step into my God-given purpose. I pray today that there would be an awakening in people's hearts of who they are and who God has positioned them to be. 2015, God spoke to me clearly. The freely we have received, we've toured the world, we've had incredible opportunities, played in front of large audiences, as I talked to you about, preached in different locations. I had the privilege of, just a few years ago, it was a great privilege, he's one of my great friends, a, a guy by the name of Andrew Corson. He has a church of uh, over 100,000 people in attendance in, in Bogota, Colombia. And Andrew, uh, I went with him and he said, look, you're going to preach all eight services. So two services, it's fine, don't worry, two's fine. Eight services, and the first service starts at 7 o'clock. You think it's hard to get here at 9 o'clock. But if they don't get to the service before 6.30, they don't get into the 7 o'clock. They actually have to wait in a line outside. There's no cover, there's no shelter. They have to wait out in a line till the next service, which starts at 9 o'clock. And uh, the people in the auditorium get let in, and they actually sit on average for 45 minutes waiting for the service to start at before seven in the morning. That goes on all day, service after service after There's vendors outside that have got nothing to do with the church, selling them products, food, because the lines are so long and it's been going on. And they don't even advertise church. They don't even have a sign outside the church because he can't, because he can't fit any more people in the church. They just bought a shopping mall prior to COVID, another 5,500-seat auditorium, and he believes it'll be filled the day he opens it and he's already looking for his third location. But, you know, when you're with these people and when you're in these influential moments, you say to yourself, God, you've, you've given me so much. And with privilege, thinking like a king, comes responsibility. See, many of us want the privilege. We want the perks. We want the upgrade. We want the, but we actually don't recognise with privilege comes responsibility. You are privileged to be saved. You are privileged to know the Lord as your saviour. You are privileged to be in this house today. But with it comes responsibility and it's a tension we all have because with privilege comes the perks. And it was a bit harder 10 years ago than it is today. Those people that are here that used to set up the truck every week and break it down and you come to church, he's like, wow, this is, I'm not even on ushering team for two years. I'm having a break. No, with privilege comes ongoing responsibility. 
positioning ourselves. Okay, I've got more time. What am I going to do? I'm going to be here at the prayer meeting. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going I'm to be positioning myself for all that God can do in and through me. So Pastor Russell and I were on a plane coming back from Europe. We were just talking as we do and probably playing FIFA against each other on our little uh, PlayStation games. And, uh, and, and we were talking about how God had so blessed us, but this passage of Scripture came to us as we we're talking, freely you have received, so freely you should give. So we were talking, and how, how, how can we actually give something away? So we decided that we would, this is before the great issues of China and other things happened in 2015, but the providence of God, if you go with God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, he gets you ahead of the game. And you know, even here in your church, he's going to get you ahead of the game. And so we, we decided that we would go to Papua New Guinea and that we would start to do something about discipling the nation of Papua New Guinea. Psalm 2 came to me so strongly. And then I, what I did is I wrote a letter to the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea, Peter O'Neill. And to my surprise, he responded. And I said, I'd like to come and talk to you about how we can partner with your nation to bring systemic change, particularly through youth and young adults. I honestly didn't expect to get a response. He said, yeah, come and see me. So we flew over, we went to see him. We didn't get to see him because there was a coup in the nation the day I arrived. And so he sent one of his cabinet members and I was annoyed. I'll be honest, I've spent all this money to come and I'm not even going to see the prime minister. So I met the finance minister in this little room in this little old hotel. And he said, when he walked in, you've got 15 minutes. I'm like, you've got 15 minutes, mate. I just paid to come here. You. You're not even the guy I want to see. And I didn't notice when he, oh, okay, no problem. He has 15 minutes. And an hour and a half later, we hit it off. James Marapay was the finance minister back then. You might have seen last year, he became the prime minister of the nation. Me and him have met every time we go. Just this week, they're about to enshrine in the constitution that Papua New Guinea is a Christian nation, which is the first nation in the world that has stated in their constitution. We, during COVID, got all these programs running where one hour a week, it's compulsory now to actually do our leadership course in every high school in the nation from year 8, 9, 10, 11 and 12. They must do one hour of leadership training from the Believe Institute, which is the Planet Shakers uh, training program in the nations of the South Pacific. I look back, 2015. But where did it begin? Holy Spirit leading me. Where did it begin? My purpose. Where did it come from? Thinking like a king and recognising. I've just got a little light, no bigger than yours, but I've just been able to keep elevating it and keep elevating it so that my influence would shine. Come on, it's time for you to lift it a little higher. Whether it be in the schoolyard, whether it be in the... Come on, lift it a little higher. Because he's saying, you are the light of the world. You're his light. He, and where is your light right now? So we decided we'd go to Papua New Guinea. I felt that if we could put on an event that made an impact in the nation, then we could buy influence, shine our light brightly and start things. We're about to launch healthy eating hubs throughout every school. A shipping container put, it's like the canteen. And the problem in PNG is kids leave school to go and get their food across the road. They get bad food, number one. And number two, 
they actually leave school. They go out at morning recess and never come back to school. And so they've got a problem, and, and the problem becomes my possibility. Somebody gifted me 40 shipping containers. We're right now making them into canteens with a fridge and shelving, and, and we're dealing with the biggest wholesaler in P&G, and we're going to get healthy food. And reformed people who have either been to prison or have at, are working with City Mission are going to come and man all of those shops. We're going to put one in every high school in the nation. Incredible things that God is doing. But it started in 2015. Freely I have received... Really, you should give. So if you can turn the volume up loud, I want to show you the video of the first big event that we did in Papua New Guinea. In 2015, God spoke to us about playing a part in discipling the nation of Papua New Guinea. He gave us a word, believe. And with that word, we walked into a country we had never been to before. But as God went before us, doors flung wide open in every sphere and we encountered divine favour and such incredible influence. This August, we brought almost 300 people to P&G to impact the spheres of leadership, education, business, health, and the church. We sent teams to three different regions. In Port Moresby, the nation's capital, we ran regional rallies and saw over 5,000 people attend and witnessed 1,500 decisions for Christ. In the region of Ley, over 20,000 people came out to our rallies and over 3,000 people were led to Christ. In Kimbay, we saw 25,000 people attend across three nights with 8,000 making decisions for Christ. Many were healed and delivered and set free. Throughout those two weeks, our teams also went to primary schools, secondary schools, prisons, hospitals and halfway houses carrying the love of Jesus and the redemptive power of the gospel. Our primary schools team went into 45 schools and were able to speak to 48,600 children. Our teams also visited 28 high schools and ran our program with about 25,000 students. The response to the message was also overwhelming as young people made a stand to change the future of a generation making a commitment to change the way they spoke to and treated one another. In each region, we visited the prison there and saw almost every prisoner give their life to Jesus. The trip finished with the night celebrations in the National Stadium, where we saw over 200,000 people attend and over 110,000 respond to the message of the gospel. Thousands healed and miracles as we stood with the people of Papua New Guinea to lift up the name of Jesus and declare a new chapter for the nation. Hundreds of thousands of lives have been touched by the power of God. Every missionary has returned with a testimony, a story to tell of lives changed. We believe that a nation is turning to Jesus. We believe it will be saved. So when you watch that, you go, wow, that's big. But it was just a conversation in a plane. What conversations are you having? How are you allowing the Holy Spirit to speak in and through you? Because you see, the primary factor of this passage of Scripture that I read actually says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15, in the New International Version, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, but listen to this, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our primary mandate is to make Jesus 
famous. Our primary mandate is to bring glory to His name. But in John 17 verse 22, it says, I'm given the glory of God by Jesus to manifest His glory on the earth. In other words, you are His light. You are to bring glory. And how do we do that? The synonym of the word glory is actually excellence. Become the most excellent in your field. Become the most excellent. When in our trading platform of the Western world, Australia in which we live, the person who is the most expert in their field is the one that is listened to. So rather than saying, God, would you give me an opportunity? Come on, let's start to create some. Some of you in different industries need to go back and you need to study yourself approved so that your contemporaries will say, there's something about this person. What about you? You're in the police force. Don't say, I just want to be a senior constable. Believe that one day you could be an officer or you could be someone who actually is over the police force and setting the tone of what's happening. Maybe right now you find yourself in a place where you say, I, 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 I'm an athlete. I, I'm somebody who is in sport. Think about Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt has a voice. He talks about all sorts of things. He's not a godly man, but he has talks about all sorts. Why? Because he's the fastest man on earth. It's a weird platform in which we live on the earth. But I want you to understand it's excellence. The synonym of the word glory, how do we bring glory to God? Become the most excellent in your field. Come on, church, it's time for us not just to come to church and go, God, would you do something through me? But prepare ourselves, prepare ourselves. So when the red box is presented to us for what decisions we're going to make and how we're going to affect and shape countries and companies and schools, how we're going to do that is through His glory radiating through us so that we can shine our light upon the earth. The greatest part about this is this is the rallying point. I've only got one little torch. If I can get it higher and higher, I can have more that it magnifies. But the truth is, I've still only got one torch. But when I sit in a room like this, so have you, and so have you, and so have you, and you're going to go into places that I've never been. I might go to Canberra next week and speak to people, and that seems like it's better than somebody else. It's not better. It's just my torch shining in a place that your torch can't. But wow, in that boardroom you can talk or in that, in that lunchroom on the, on the building site that I'm not going to or wherever it might be, God can use you. Yeah. Come on, it's time for our light to shine. It's time for us to understand we're called to win cities. We need to change our thinking and stop thinking like an orphan and start thinking like a king. We need to position ourselves to recognise that your light could shine. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, but a city is made up of many lights. Yeah. 1998. Some of you who are old enough to remember this will remember that there was a celebration in Perth, West Australia. It was a global celebration. The astronaut's name was John Glenn, who's become a, an American senator since. But in 1962, he was the first man to fly around the, the world, he, he didn't land on the moon, but he flew around in a, in a spacecraft and, and successfully landed. But when he went past a particular city, Perth, West Australia, the most isolated city on earth where I lived as a kid, he, he, he went past and they turned the lights on at the time that he was going, going around that part of the earth. 
And they turned them on all at a particular time and they got the whole of the, the city to turn them on. Their house lights, the street lights, the building lights, everything. And because it was such an isolated place, the theory was that he might be able to see that specific city. He, he said at the minute they turned it on, the glow was spectacular. He could see it all the way from Mars. 1998, I was now, uh, what, how old was I then? Well, she should, I, uh, I was... Uh, I know you're looking at me thinking, I was about three years of age. No, 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 no. no. I, I was 18 years of age. And uh, no, that wasn't, I was 28 years of age. Wow. Yes, that's right. I'm just 40, folks, if you're wondering. And, uh, anyway, but I was, I was 28 years of age. We just started our church. We even promoted in church like you would. And we promoted and we're all sitting. And I said, don't forget, turn your lights on at this time because, you know, they're going to do this again and it's going to be a, a moment of celebration. From that day on, Perth was declared the city of lights because John Glad said it was more spectacular than the first time that he saw it. I started to think, if you can be so many thousands of miles away, if I just turned my torch on in the back garden, John Glenn was not going to have seen where I was. But when you turn yours on, and you turn yours on, and I turn mine on, we just might make an influence with the light that we bring. Remembering that light is a sense of hope and purpose it's a beacon for those that are hopeless and lost. How do we get there? You are the light. We are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. This isn't just a church service every Sunday. It's not measured by how many people show up every week. It's measured by our impact and our light and what takes place with it. I want you to understand that right now I live in Melbourne, Victoria. If you come to Melbourne sometime, ask the question when you go and get a cup of coffee. I do it all the time. Hey, have you heard of that place, Planet Shakers? People go, yeah, yeah, isn't that that church over near South Melbourne Markets? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that place. I, I heard what they're doing. Last year, they, they fed over 3,000 people a, a week in their feeding program. We've been going 20 years. And in a, a city of four and a half million I can talk to people. I was on the phone recently with Telstra, one of their call centres, and I'm talking to them, and it's obviously a Filipino call centre. To them, and they're not giving me what I want, and I could feel myself getting heated, but because I am in Planet Shakers now, and whenever it relates to the Philippines, which we have about 1.8 million social media followers just out of Philippines alone, I'm always conscious, don't say anything bad, it's a Filipino, because they'll know. And so it comes to the end and they say, sir, we're going to send you an email, what's your email address? And I say, I, uh, you know, it's at Planet Shakers, and she goes, oh! I said, you know, Planet Shakers, oh yes, yes, I came to the concert at Araneta. Are you, are you that Neil Smith guy? Now she's in the Philippines, I'm here. I'm not saying that to lift me up. Saying that to say, that could happen right here in the north of Brisbane. Oh, you might feel like you're isolated when you go to work. You might feel, but just keep shining your light. Just keep getting it higher. Just keep building a pad of excellence. And suddenly, the light starts to join together. And hope doesn't just radiate in a church building. But like Jesus, he suddenly has influence that's way beyond the four walls of the church. Because he understood his mandate but he's passed it on to you. What are you doing with the light that you've got? How are you positioning yourself? 
You are his light. God, I pray right now, I can sense he's just here. Just coming to touch people's lives. I pray for those that have got a dream in their heart and it's died. It would come back to life right now. Those who have never had an understanding of who they are, right now in this room, you would show them clearly. Holy Spirit, come. Touch them. God, I pray each person come into a revelation. It's not for those up the front. It's not for the 2% that work for the church. But it's for all of us to understand that we've been given a mandate and that we would shine our light. Lift it as high as we can. Put it on the lampstand so that the whole house can be lit. A beacon of hope would go out right across the culture of our city. Just close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you're here in this room today and you don't even know the Jesus that I speak of. This church doesn't exist for me. Me alone, it doesn't exist for the people that come weekly alone. We've set this whole thing up so that you who doesn't know Jesus or you who once did know Jesus would come into a revelation of who he is. Light simply speaks of hope. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the beacon. If you think of a lighthouse, when you're in a ship in rough waters, you look to the lighthouse because you know that that's the safe passage to get where you're going. Well, he's that lighthouse for your life. Maybe things haven't been as expected. But I want you to know today you can leave with a peace in your heart because you come into relationship with him. You are the light. So God, I pray right now for each person that doesn't know you. Come on, church, begin to pray. Lord, I pray that each person that is here, a visitor, someone that's been away from you, someone who's not sure, but they want to be sure today that they're right with you. And while every eye is closed so that I know in a moment who I'm praying for, you're here and you say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. Would you allow me to include you in this prayer? Come into right relationship, right standing with Jesus. If that's you, you once were, you never have been, you're not sure, but you want to be right with Him today. Would you allow me to include you in this prayer? Please pray for me, Neil. I need to get right with Jesus. Well, every eye is closed so that I can see that I'm praying for you and for you and for you. Would you just lift your hand and say, include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. I want to know you're praying for me. I want to get right with Jesus. I see your hand. You can put it down again. Who else says that's me? I've got to get right with Jesus. Please don't leave me out. I want to be included in this prayer. Last time as I look around the room, I want to include you in this prayer. Lord, I thank you for the hand that has been raised. I pray right now that as I pray for this person and at the end somebody else comes and prays and shares with them, that they would leave this place knowing that they're right with you. So God, I pray that they would come into right relationship and standing with you. We don't exist as a church for ourselves to have a good meeting. We exist so that we can be the beacon of hope. Your representatives on earth bring glory to your name. Lift up the King of kings, the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. So God, I pray for this lady that you would help her to understand the decision she's made today, the prayer she's going to pray with one of my friends. Help her to come into right standing with you. And Just before I hand back to Pastor James. Church, there's a mandate that's gone out. 
showed a video of great influence. Did the same thing in Fiji. In fact, in Fiji, the nation has 900,000 people. A week before we were about to have the event that ended up having about 50,000 people at it, the national TV station came to me and said, we want to be a part of this. They say that on a Saturday night, the followership of the TV station is over 600,000. By the people we had in the stadium and the people we had watching on TV, even conservatively, we would have had over half the nation watching our night of celebration. And we challenged the nation to turn back to God. We're going to go to Samoa and Tonga. We're going to go to many other places in the South Pacific. It's not because my light is bigger than yours. Just ask Holy Spirit, how do I get the light lampstand higher? Maybe you're in a school and you feel like you've got no influence. It's two or three people you meet every day in your class. Maybe you're in a workplace and you've never, but you're stirred and even in the area of your studies, you say, I want to actually build my excellence so that those around me Give me greater opportunity so my light can shine. I don't know, but Holy Spirit will speak to you about how to lift your light higher on the lampstand. But if there's a desire in you that says, please, God, would you use me? I don't want to just keep living a normal life. Church Unlimited is surely about us not putting limits on our capacity, but allowing God to release us into all He had planned for us. I was born to parents in a small coal mining village in a place called Barnsley in Yorkshire in England. My grandmother had never gone more than 100 miles in her whole life. Once she went on holidays and her paradigm was small. Today I traverse the earth. I have these opportunities. It's not because I'm better or it's just that my thinking changed that I serve a God who is unlimited. You serve the same God. Today, I want to inspire you. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of that sense of, I'm a good Christian that attends church. Step into the place, thinking like a king. A king has a kingdom and with privilege comes responsibility. And his primary purpose is to serve those that he's been given. You've all been given some that God wants you to influence. So come on, church, it's time to rise. If you say, that's me, I'm going to hand back in a moment to your pastor. But before I do, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to declare over your life those who say, God, use me. God, position me. God, here I am. Speak to me about how I can be put in that place. And if that's you, in a moment, we're going to sing that song again, I exalt thee. But before we do, I'm going to pray a prayer of declaration over your life. For those that want that, for those that say, God, please, use me. I want to be a part of winning cities. Do you just stand to your feet and lift your hands and I'm going to pray. Believe something's going to be deposited in your spirit right now. You're not too young. You're not too old. You haven't missed it in some way. Your problem is your possibility. Your mistake is your your foundation for your future. It's always contention around kingdoms. Look at every movie about a king that you watch. He was always had contention around him. 
but he focused all the people that he had influence over towards his purpose. Our purpose is to take back the ground that the enemy has stolen. It doesn't belong to him. Australia historically is a Christian nation. Come on, let's take it back. Not in a militant wrong way, but in the sense of God is a beacon. He's going to come and bring them the hope that they're perfect. You are positioned to be that boardroom, that, that person from the boardroom to the classroom, to the lounge room, wherever your sphere of influence is, it's time to lift your lamp a little higher so everybody in that room will know. So God, right now, I declare over each and every one. Come on, just lift your hands, receive from Him. I declare over each and every person in this room that this church wouldn't just become a nice church in North Lakes, in the north of Brisbane, but God, this church would rise to its title. It would rise to understanding that it's unlimited. Nothing would hold it back, knowing that they serve a God and they would become the beacon, the light, the hope. And Lord, that from far off, people would be able to see. You are the light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Church Unlimited, you are that city on a hill. God, I pray thinking, which, oh, I can feel it shifting in people's hearts. I can feel He's here right now. He's speaking again. Uh, there's a man in this room that feels like you missed it. And right now God's saying, come on, I haven't actually taken that dream away. I'm actually pushing you towards it right now. Don't allow the past to hold you from your future. God, I pray right now that there would be something that would shift over people's hearts and minds. Oh, Holy Spirit, come right now. Oh, I exalt Thee. I Thanks for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship.